Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. Last month, trees throughout Western Oregon toppled with snow and ice and battering wind. They fell on homes and cars and roads. A reminder for anybody who needed a reminder that these seemingly stable giants are living, breathing, vulnerable things. Brian French is a certified arborist and the owner of Arbora Culture International. He joins us to talk about the storm, the urban canopy, and how we should think about our relationship to our trees. Welcome to Think Out Loud. Thanks, Dave. What was the ice storm like for you as an arborist? Oh, well, uh, we, we, we have uh, frequent storms coming through the Portland area, but this one in particular... Um, for me personally, it kind of threw me off guard. I wasn't prepared for it. I knew we were going to have some winds, but uh, we started getting calls in about 8.30 in the morning that trees were falling over. Um, and uh, I immediately packed my uh, equipment up and headed into southwest Portland to see what was going on. And um, and it was, it was a, a, a frightful sight, actually. Um, Had you ever seen anything like that in your professional life? Not in my professional life. So I've, I've been an arborist for about 24 years. And um, we, we've had storms, like very, very notable storms in the past. Uh, Columbus Day storm, the storm of 1995, uh, wind storms that hit particularly uh, hit the southwest Portland area. But those were before my time. Um, and so One this, before you were born and, and the other before right. you were uh, I working. Was, I was 16 filling sandbags yeah. in, in, uh, in Monmouth uh, at that time. Um, but... Uh, yeah, when when we got to Southwest Portland, um, we were there during the storm, uh, both uh, Saturday and Sunday, uh, cutting cutting trees and um, opening up roadways for people to get to hotels and get out of the neighborhood. Were most of the people who were calling you new folks who just looked online and saw that you're an arborist and desperately needed your help, or existing customers who were in you know some kind of emergency need? Both. Uh, there were a lot of trees down. So uh, we had resources, you know, Portland in general, the community had resources coming in from all over the country to help with this storm. Um, but uh, I did have uh, some some clients who um, who I had already had have a, a working relationship with, but we had a lot of new calls as well. Hmm. If um, you'd gone around and looked at a hundred random trees before the storm. And, and I, I told you, this is a weird hypothetical, but <laughs> there's a point to it. And I told you that, you know, that 50 of the trees were going to come down. Do you think that you would have been able to tell in advance the, the ones that would fall and the ones that would remain? On a normal day, I would say yes. In this situation, no. Huh. Uh, in fact, um, one of some feedback that we had from um, many folks is that uh, arborists had told them that the tree um, that the tree had been assessed before and had came out looking okay. And those same trees are trees that had fallen in the storm. So there's a lot of confusion about that. Um, when we're doing tree risk assessment, when we're offering tree risk assessments, we're looking at um, we're looking at characteristics that would lead us to, um, with a systematic approach, uh, that would lead us to recommendations for pruning or care or removal of trees in some cases. 
for um, normal seasonal storms and, and a normal year, this is more of kind of like a generational storm. And so, um, and this storm also appeared to, to arborists, and I'm talking about from, from an arborist's view, appeared that this storm was, um, had, had almost like discriminated which which types of trees it was going to take down. Huh. Um, in this so case, which, healthy which conifers. Huh. Oh, go ahead. No, so, so healthy conifers were more likely to yeah. be to come down here than than unhealthy hardwoods. Right. So the the storm in 2021, where we had an ice storm, which was vast throughout the the Portland region and throughout the Willamette Valley. Um, most of the trees that were affected by that storm were Oregon white oak and what we refer to as angiosperms. In this case, gymnosperms, conifers um, with um, with healthy, vigorous crowns were actually the trees that we saw um, more of those types of trees failing in this particular storm. storm Do you have an, a, an idea for why that was? This storm brought heavy win winds from uh, 50 50 miles per hour and gusts exceeding a 70 miles per hour. I looked this up. I couldn't actually find a report to offer right now about how that all worked out. I'm sure we'll have that soon. Um, areas impacted mostly were in Southwest. Um, so the uh, Bridal Mile neighborhood, Wilcox HOA, Capitol Hill, uh, Mountain Park area, and then up along Skyline. Mount Tabor also was, was an area that got hit pretty hard by this. Tiger was pummeled. As, as well, yes. So, I mean, what do you what do you think people who have you know sizable trees on their properties should should do with what you've just put forward? I mean, in a sense, there's there was very little that um, that might have prepared folks, even if they had gotten the services of an arborist. It's possible an arborist would have said, "Yeah, this tree is most likely going to be fine." in most scenarios. But we then we've just had this this scenario that, where they weren't fine. You called it a generational storm. And the, the time period you were mentioning earlier for those other really big storms, it's about 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Does climate change change this in your mind? Do you fear that, that it'll upend that period? N no. Um, there's a lot of storms that, I mean... My personal fears, I, I don't think are really, um, I, I would want to, <laughs> you know, talk about here. But, um, but yeah, we do have a frequency of storms. I think that uh, folks who live here in the Pacific Northwest are, are used to having winter storms. And, um, and I think that these 30-year storms, what have you, there's storms in between that, that reach some of these winds as well. But maybe the impacts weren't so severe. That um, that's part of living in the Pacific Northwest, and that's something that uh, that we need to cope with as a community. And when we're looking at managing our, our urban forests, that uh, that we're that we're communicating and caring for our trees that way. What are some of the most common mistakes that you think people make in terms of the the way they approach manage their own trees, trees on their properties? Mistakes. Um, some mistakes would be 
raising the crown of trees. A, a lot of folks look at the lower branches of trees when they're wanting their trees pruned. And um, this is a really great example of where we wouldn't want to do that. Um, we are wanting to offer a crown reduction off, often um, to uh, reduce the likelihood of whole tree failure. Um, I think one of the things that um, maybe isn't a mistake, but if there was something I could communicate to the community, it would be trees that have codominant stems and included bark. And you can look that up online, included bark. That's kind of our textbook failure that we see most often in any storm situation where we're getting calls is due to codominant stems, these leaders and trees that are connected by a weak attachment. And so um, if we could just have a better understanding of that and, um, you know, uh, cl clients or the community calling arborists and identifying and, and working on those, we would, we would be able to reduce uh, a lot of uh, these uh, tree failures that occur. What does that look like, what you've just described? It looks like a seam that develops between two stems, and we call this the aspect ratio, is the diameter of both of those stems being nearly equal and the crown above being nearly equal. Over time, the likelihood of those parts uh, can increase uh, of, of the likelihood of failure. And so what we want to do is go in and prune. Sometimes we'll add supporting cables or uh, bracing systems to reduce the um, the likelihood of those parts failing. Um, but it's a pretty easy thing for an arborist to address. And so that's one of the things I, I'd like to point out is like if, if we're going to talk about what we could be doing, that would be like a really easy one. Whereas these 30-year storms that um, are, are uh, you know, kind of shocking, uh, this is not where I want to be having like our average day conversation at this very elevated point about how to care for trees. If we were pruning our trees and caring for our trees for 70 mile per hour, violent wind to hurricane wind scenarios, uh, we'd be removing a lot more trees than we would need to. And we would have other human health risks and other risks associated with that. And then the only answer to that would be to plant more trees. <laughs> so do you think, I mean, how fearful are you that, that, um, that some version of that is going to happen? N not massive cutting of trees in response to, to the storm last year, uh, last month, but, but more people just, um, the lesson they, that they would take from last month's storm is, you know what, maybe trees are a problem. Maybe tall trees are a problem. I mean, have you heard that from folks? Oh, yes. And that is, um, I think, in general, I think going from the what we're hearing from the community and going to what we're hearing from a community of arborists, we're definitely chatting about our, our fears of, um, of folks removing trees unnecessarily and the impacts that those can have on the, um, both the, the, the property itself and the other trees on the property, but also um, as a greater community. One thing that I, I heard right around those storms is that Doug fir is a kind of iconic species here that in the wild, they, they're used to growing in, in communities and, and they're buffered from heavy winds because they're all together, um, which is not the same for a relatively narrow rooted tree if it's just a single tree in someone's yard. Is that true? That's a really big question. I'll try to <laughs> narrow that down for you. Um, so we can, we can just talk about any tree uh, rather than focusing on Douglas firs, but trees that are planted in large groups 
um, kind of depend on each other, the way that they develop. And if we remove some of those trees, uh, the susceptibility of the trees that are still standing is elevated to wind throw. Uh, whereas trees that are open grown with big low branches and a, a robust trunk and and a lot a lot of times a squattier you know kind of shorter tree, those are the trees that are going to withstand uh, these types of weather systems a lot better. Mm. Uh, so it, it has a little bit more to do about the um, the the way that they adapt as they're growing than about the specific species itself. I couldn't have you on the show without asking you about climbing enormous trees because that, that has been a part of, of your life as well. What's it like to be hundreds of feet up in just a massive, majestic, hundreds-year-old tree? Um, well, I can tell you what it feels like when we, when we come out of a tree like that. Um, huh. We feel like we just stepped off of a ship. Huh. So those trees are moving uh, quite a bit all day long up there at 300 feet. Um, there's a, oftentimes, you know, it's, it's, it's moving back and forth and just the slightest breeze, but these, there's these almost like a deep murmur or this sound that you can feel as this tree that's swinging back and forth, like a mast on a ship. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, I would describe it as a place that you, you would think is wet and, um, that's actually uh, often arid and open, and um, it looks completely different the way that it looks up there than it does from the ground looking up. Hmm. Well, next time you're on, we can talk more about this because now I just want to hear more, but the week is done. Brian French, thanks so much for coming in. Hey, you're very welcome. Thank you. Brian French is a certified arborist and the owner of Arboriculture International. Monday on the show, Democratic and Republican lawmakers in Oregon disagree on a lot of things, but they have found common ground this session on one big issue. They want to overturn the state's three-year-long voter pass experiment with drug decriminalization. That has some Oregonians worried about an overburdened criminal justice system and disparate impacts on people of color. We're going to get the details on Monday. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great weekend. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, and Michael, Kristen, Andrew, and Anna Kern. 